0: You are listening to the Shedding Skin and Blisters podcast with Fiona O'Carroll and Sharon Keegan. Mentoring conversational questions and answers of business and life challenges, how to evolve and how to empower yourself and feel unstuck. On this week's podcast we talk about that feeling of not reaching your full potential. How do we plan and how do we take back control and feel unstuck? Okay, a phenomenal question. And this is probably a two parter, I'd say. Would you?
1: Yeah, I think so. It's okay. a big one. It could be a five parter, sure.
0: And I just want to add before we tell you the question that both of us equally have felt this at one point or maybe a few points in our careers and in our lives. And so we definitely went to town on this question and, you know, we'll give you some context into that in, in the podcast. So question, I am feeling stuck. I'm trapped in my life and and in my career. I'm feeling unhappy and unfulfilled. How do I find myself
1: again? An amazing question, isn't it? And I think, you know, um, it's a big topic, right? As you said, Char, there's a lot in this one. And we probably have a good few podcasts on it. It's a great question. I think it's an interesting question too right now as well, you know, just with the big resignation and, you know, after COVID and how people are, sort of re- reflecting, reassessing, realigning, you know, their lives. So could be a great awakening kind of happening. So I think it's a very topical question yeah, actually yeah, across the really board, hard. you know. We've had a lot yeah. of time to think, haven't we? We, we have, asked. you know, and, and, and therefore, you know, some people are having this kind of coming out of COVID with this feeling of feeling stuck. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a super question, right? You know, definitely, as we both said, we resonate a lot. With the question having had a number of periods of feeling, that stuck feeling, um, in our lives you know and I think you know there's a lot of shedding of skin and blisters goes on on this one sure is right <laughs> Lend <it>. there's some <laughs> sort of inner knowing or something whatever the right word is that's propelling us you know, to start this process or to go there yeah to become unstuck mm-hmm. so whatever words are used and we'll be all using different words but I think it's yeah we reach a point right where sometimes the feeling of being unstuck and wanting to be unstuck is so big it gets us through the process because yeah. sometimes a painful process. Yeah. Right. i
0: feeling stuck on finding who they are or finding their yeah. s- self. But I, I think that,
1: that's, that's really interesting. The fact they ask that part in the question, how do I find myself again? Is it really good? Because I, you know, myself again, who is myself? So I think that's a great one. And, you know, certainly I think the feeling is stuck as well, if I look back, you know it can often come in waves, right? you can kind of feel a little bit stuck, then you can feel you know very stuck, and then there's sort of a crescendo moment I think where you go right and take an action, yeah, that was my experience of it it was like a process <laughs> of feeling us just stuck to to serious degrees, and you know what, depending on it, it is a process, and it can be a hard step, you know that crescendo where I'm gonna take the step, right um and I think for me, looking back, it kind of depends on, and I'll use the word attached. We can just chat about what that means. Mm-hmm. Attached to are to whatever's keeping you stuck. Mm-hmm. So what's the level of attachment? If I was reflecting, I'd use that word now and go, oh, yeah, I was very attached to elements of the things in my life that played on a lot in my work, mm-hmm. right? And and there was elements of that work, you know, that kept me very attached to it, right? And kept me very stuck. Like, big old job titles, big old things, you know, that were really attached to things like self-worth and, you know, why am I here at all would always be the question, right? But depending on in my experience now and even just chatting with others about this particular topic, I certainly learned that the level of attachment I had to the thing I was stuck in and why I was stuck was very pain could be very painful. Like the attachment was yeah. painful. And it was all to do with the degree of the attachment I had, right? Mm-hmm. And it was about really understanding what I was attached to. And why, though? It was the why. And underneath all that was all the nuggets, of course. And of course, that's where we don't want to go. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> Is where all the nuggets were. <laughs> and once I went there, then you know what? The perspective changed. And suddenly you didn't have the attachment. Yeah. Or the level of attachment was way down. It was like baby attachment right now versus like, you know, on steroids attachment. And, you know, so anyway, just acknowledging that, yeah. it, you know, the, the becoming the, unstuck is a process.
0: Absolutely. Right? Right. And to give it a bit of context, like because we were talking about this earlier, like, we, you know, the word attachment or being or getting unstuck from the attachment. So I'll give a, a small example of that. Like, so I was made redundant from a role. I had been running a business for eight years. I was attached to my um, business persona, okay? My ego was attached. I now know that's my ego. But at the time, I didn't know that. I wasn't as self-aware as I am now, right? So then I was at home with a child, you know, first-time mom. And I, you know, I was was at times embarrassed to say that I'd been made redundant and I wasn't running or part of a business and I was a stay-at-home mother. And I know that feeling. I felt like a failure at times. And so so in, so in context of what you're saying there, my attachment was that my self-worth or my value to this world was connected with being in business or being a part of something that was, you know, a businesswoman or whatever it is. Now, you know, the, the um, contradiction of that is I'm still in business, but I'm not so attached my, yeah. my self-worth isn't so attached to or feeling like a... Fa- like fa- Maybe maybe it was actually failure. Maybe it was the failure I was attached to. As in, oh, I'm only realising that now. Maybe it wasn't so much the self-worth. Maybe it was actually the feeling of failure.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Sharon. I think the big challenge for us is, is when the attachment to the thing keeps us stuck there. Mm. Right? So what happened to you was you experienced... And it was taken away from you because mm-hmm. you were made redundant, right? Mm-hmm. Which many of us have been over the years now, particularly any of us who grew up in the tech sector like me, it's kind of a norm. <laughs> you know, they're always changing. But, right? But so you were forced into looking at that situation and unpacking it and going, oh, I feel so devastated about this. Not just because we'd have a normal level of, hey, I have to pay the bills and oh my God, I have to get another job and there's comfort now. So that's normal. But when we have a devastation like above and beyond when I can get another job actually and I will pay the bills, but I still feel devastated. That's usually those big attachments, right? Yeah. He challenges when they're keeping us stuck. So this person's question is like, I'm feeling stuck. You know, we need to unpack. Is there something like a false belief I have about myself or some conditioning or why am I doing the thing that's making me feel stuck? Now, can just be our perspective on it can change, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about more. We may not need to actually change, right, what we're doing, but definitely our perspective on it will need to change, right? The thing that makes me feel stuck. And often it can be an attachment we have to the thing. is making us feel stuck, right? And that usually is because we're feeling like I'm stuck in it. I can't leave it. I can't go, right? I'm attached to it, right? So, um, that's practical reasons sometimes why we're in something, you know, that we might love. Or think it's, you know, our raison d'etre or whatever. That's different, right? Because we can change our perspective on that big time. On, well, what's it giving me? You know, is it cash flow? Like, is it giving me cash flow? Can I change my perspective on the situation I'm in? Right. And if I can, then I won't feel as attached. Right. So, so the attachment, generally speaking, that's making us feel stuck. Right. If we're in that space, it's usually something to do with a false faith because we're feeling stuck. Like, oh, I can't change it. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I won't change it. So those will tend to be more heightened. Like, I don't want to leave this particular path I'm on because of it gives me my self-worth. Yeah. Or because I have fear of, you know, some sort of scarcity or, yeah. you know what I mean? And that I, comes from your nurture. Uh, it yeah. comes from all that. Yeah. So it's those kinds of things can keep us stuck. Mm. right so we need to be aware of
0: that yeah and to be aware of that like if you are feeling like you can't for instance like leave your job or you're in a job or you know obviously we all have to pay our bills but for some reason people don't want to make the change one out of fear and then two out of fear of you know cash flow as you just mentioned so that can be a deep rooted um belief that we have and we we actually spoke about this didn't we that we you know, I grew up in working class family, an entrepreneur for a dad. Mom was always, um, she was quite an abundance thinker. Like she didn't really, you know, money came when he, you know, money comes when he goes. But my dad was an entrepreneur, but he liked seeing the money in the account, didn't like spending the money. <laughs> so I kind of got a bit of both to them. And I would have definitely grown up with having to always the opinion that you have to manage money. And that kind of get, keeps me stuck in points of what we would talk about, abundance,
1: thinking. Uh, And I know you have a a similar story in a sense, don't you? Yeah, I think like when you look at your route, for some people like, you know, certainly in my experience, there was a big route of scarcity thinking, right? That kept me stuck on certain paths, right? And it translated into, there isn't enough of the pie to go around. So I grew up and my conditioning was around, you kind of have to compete you have to fight for your size of the pie and hold on to it because there actually is a pie with so many slices, right? Mm-hmm. And there isn't enough to go around, right? So that was a conditioning I had growing up. Mm-hmm. So I was rooted in a scarcity thinking mindset, which made me viciously competitive, right? Uh, you know, in pursuit, right, of goals. That's not a bad thing to be in pursuit of goals, right? But what it did... Make,
0: make some of the best scenes Right. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah.
1: What, it, what it was, was it kept me stuck, though, because let me talk about the attachment. What did that cause, though? Because with this question about are you stuck, I would then get the feeling of being stuck, right, or trapped in my life or my career because I was so wedded to the idea of scarcity that I was like, OK, I'm on this track now. This one is quite abundant for me and I'm being very successful on this track, so on the outside looking in, ticking all the boxes. But, you know, there was a voice always in my head along the way. I could reflect going, yeah, but this isn't it. This isn't it. It was quiet, sometimes very quiet voice. Sometimes it got loud. But I'd say to that voice, so ego slash fear slash inner critic combo mm-hmm. would gang up on that voice and say, forget about it. This is the path because we do not want to have any kind of scarcity we're going to live in a yeah you know, we scarcity we're on a path this is our path don't get off the path it's delivering everything against the checklist yes right yeah then through my journey of unsticking myself becoming unstuck i had to challenge my scarcity thinking right it was and how did
0: you can i ask you a personal question how did you even figure that out because we're not all self aware let's be honest we, we make decisions every day that we don't realize, you know, why, why something is annoying us or triggering us or whatever it is. And we act out on that. What was it that made you realize that you had to go there and, and, and figure out that that way of thinking or the reason why you were on the journey or path, you know, and stuck in that situation? What made you realize that? What was the
1: light bulb moment for you? Yeah, It's interesting because I'd say there was a series of little bulbs. <laughs> little bald moments before the big full went on, right? So I did reach the point in the feeling stuck where that voice that was quiet along the way going, Fiona, this is not your zone of genius, which I talk about, Char, which is living in. You can be excellent. You can have a zone of excellence, just a little sidetrack on that one for a sec. A zone of excellence, which I was living in because I was excellent at what I did. So I ticked all the boxes. But I learned, and I think I've mentioned it before, Guy, Hendrix, The Big Leap. I studied this particular view of the world through him, which was, I had this voice inside me saying, yeah, but there's something else. And I discovered then that that we can have his own genius. And that's where you want to live, which is your thing that your soul wants to do, that you are on this earth to do. I think we all have one, Mm -hmm. right? So I was... it, that zone of genius voice, right? The, call it your soul, your inner calling, your voice, your wise mm-hmm. self, your higher self, whatever you want to call it. Because I had started working on myself. So I'd started really doing meditation and I started really engaging in the question and maybe doing little talking to people about them, doing courses, little things, right? Educating myself, mm-hmm. right? So it's I, the the, yeah. I was in the mind first before I went into the body on this, by the okay. way, the meditations brought me in. Yeah through that process, the voice, the wiser voice got louder. I was saying, this is not it. So it got louder, which caused all kinds of ructions with my ego and my inner critic. And we're all having the field day going, what? This is a golden path you're on. What are you talking about? right?" But over time, I started going, no, got too big. The wise me, the other voice got so loud that, that it was equal now with inner critic and ego. So you can imagine the turmoil now. I yeah. thought it was a process mm-hmm. because they were all arguing with each other for quite a bit of time. So, however, I got a little nugget of I read something because the universe always sends me books when I need to know something. That's how it communicates with me. Yeah. So I got this one called Abundance vs. Scarcity Thinking. Well, right? Yeah. Victoria Castle, for anyone who's interested, right? And I said, oh, I meant to read this one. I'd have stacks of them and I never read them, but this one popped out and I read it and I said, oh my goodness, when I read it, I said, I have built all of my stuckness, a majority of it is around my belief in scarcity, that I think there isn't enough. And I think that, therefore, you you get on a path, you know, you rise to the top of that path and you hold on to it for dear life, because it's a big old competitive world out there, you know, and you hold on for dear life. And ego and inner critic, were totally buying into that, going, absolutely, hold on to that for dear life, right? And it was only when I understood the flip side is abundance thinking, Char. Now, you know, I get so excited about abundance thinking. The freedom it brought for me that we're in an abundant universe. And I can even be more abundant than the path I was on. And everyone's definition of abundance now is personal to them. This is about, you know, the life, you, you know, what you're doing. The people are around you. Obviously, whatever level of financial... Uh, income you want, you know, that abundance package mm-hmm. is there You're to log into yeah. the universal abundance. So once I realised that, believe me, that took work, guys. Oh, that mm-hmm. was serious work to get from scarcity thinking to living and I'd flip back and forth, back and forth, back to scarcity, back to abundance. It was a big old process. But that was at the root for me was understanding that. So I had to unpack myself. I had to be aware of what the drivers were and that took me a bit of time to unpack the triggers, the why would I stay stuck here? What's keeping me stuck? And that's um, yeah, unpacking yourself. And, and it just happened, the scarcity and abundance thinking was a massive one for me that changed it. And
0: I'd say quite frightening because if you're really what you're doing there is you're unlearning all of your learnings through life. Yeah. And you're having a huge, massive internal fight with your heart and your head. And you're having to make a decision that goes against every single thing that makes you feel safe.
1: Yes. And you're actually right, Chart's a really good one because fear. Fear is the one generally ego and inner critic are hanging off when you pack it all down. You're like when you're on, yeah, well, unpack it all down. No, that's what they're hanging off. So for my process, I needed to believe. Like, so there was this, the, whatever we might call it, the trust thing, which was the wise voice. Some people might use the soul voice, whatever word is yours. You know, I did go on a process of actually validating that part and saying, you know what, that's real to me. And and, and that takes an element of trust, right? That it is real and, uh, you know, building trust in that voice, right? And it does mean you're, you're kind of getting out of yourself a bit. You're moving up to your higher self. Um, much more observant and yeah I suppose you have to believe there's something bigger than you Mm. right and there's an element of trust there Mm. right because when it gets when you're making that change well for me I that was the height of ego and inner critic I mean they were having a field day Mm. when they thought oh my god she's actually going to do this she (laughs) is actually going to do this we need to take her back from the edge she doesn't know. Oh my God! Like she's discovered the end of everything. And the good news was, it wasn't the end of everything. was the beginning of yeah. right. the some next chapter. Like, right. But like, it was, uh, yeah. yeah. There is that point, and I ran back. Oh, I do want to say. Yeah. I went to the edge a number of times. I went back. Okay. The inner critic and the fear and the ego were like, so big. Like the
0: big leap, you're just near. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, the amount of times I went to the edge, had a look over and said absolutely no way and came back mm. and then I'd circle again. Now we're talking years in the process here. I would circle again and then again, the voice be going, yeah, this is been it. So we'd start off now the cycles got shorter, right? I'd go to the edge, I'd come back, but the cycle back to the edge started to get much quicker. It was like I was building some sort of resilience, of muscle I was in training for going over the edge. <laughs> there was something in me, as you said, it was so old and so embedded. You know what I mean? Uh, I certainly didn't go plane sailing over the edge. And when I did eventually go over it, it was not plane sailing; it was piracy. It was like, I don't know, it was like, oh my god! But there's a beautiful thing: leap, and you know, the net will appear. Yeah, and that's absolutely what happened, right? And then once I made the commitment and the intention and really committed to that course of action, everything serendipitous started happening for me. Unbelievable. Like, everything. I'd laugh. Like, a big... Once I'd made the leap, I'd sit at my desk called my phone a drink. And so I'd say, Fiona, we want you to do X ray And it was exactly what I wanted to do. I didn't even reach out. Like, they'd be ringing me. I'd be getting an email. <laughs> I mean, I, it was just all serendipity started to occur. Because you know, I made the leap, mm-hmm. uh, but getting there was very hard because of my attachments to everything and oh, all the unpacking of the, you know, inner critic and ego and all of that. So it's like the process to mm-hmm. to get there. But I think you know. Another one I've always that keeps people stuck that I've seen just with this person's question and had some of this too, Shar was, you know, when I get there. And I had that going oh, on. Oh, I will yeah. do the edge when I get there. So the edge would be, you know, when I've this much in the bank, when I've that
0: when I you know skinny, when I, yeah.
1: yeah, when I've that house, or when I've that thing, or when <laughs> you know this is up. when the kids grow up. But yeah. then so, you know, I had these collection of what I what were very believable you know, absolutely. And it's all parts of my, you know, my inner critic going to go say, good, great, great, I call the I out back, right? And I used them a lot. They would have taken me back in a lot. Uh, but I now know they were, you know, false beliefs. You know, they were just false beliefs. And, and so now my little process is, because you could still get triggered, right? You know, I kind of, uh, the other thing is our thoughts. You know, we've talked about those little thoughts plus false beliefs all connected to each other. So what I say now is I have a conveyor belt of thoughts going on all day long. Yeah. So I'm just going to take the ones off that are not helping me in any way with this view of abundance that I have in the world now, which has been hugely freeing for me and has enabled me to move on. i be more abundant, by the way, mm-hmm. than I was. Yeah, because <laughs> that's where well, you're stuck. Because you're Yeah, not. more abundant. So the answer was it all ended up being more, not less, because my inner critic was saying it will be less because of scarcity, not more. But that wasn't true. It was a false belief. So now I have my little So thoughts going on all day and I say, okay, I'm taking you off because you are not actually helping me with my abundance. Okay, and I'm taking you off. It's very powerful. Mm-hmm. We have the power to just say, I'm not going to think that actually. So I have to just constantly monitor that one because scarcity thinker was so rooted in me. So I just have to go, oh, there's a little one. There's a little baby scarcity thinker thought of the off to come belt. Mm-hmm. So it gets no life, gets no energy. It's just not. And what was your, like... Like, obviously, you said you went to the edge a few times.
0: So what was your uh, trigger thoughts? Like, you would have had a thought,
1: oh, well, I'll wait till... Oh, yeah, they were always around, you know, uh, trigger thoughts would have always been around scarcity. So they usually would have been about, well, let's wait till we've accumulated... Amount, yeah. Or let's wait, as you said, till the kids have that done. Or let's wait till I've paid off that. Or not, you know what I mean and, and, and I make it sound very logical and I look right mm-hmm. from the edge so mine were heavily rooted in in the scarcity drove everything now what I did do so and we we'll talk about this is uh, I believe in steps I realised I was going to the edge and then it was too scary right just because of all my ego and and uh, inner critic and all that so what I did was I, I started to know myself very well I was very self aware and I said okay to help all parts of me over the line here We'll take steps. So I'll tell you what I did. So the first step I did was, because it was going to be a big leap, right? I said, okay, this is breaking all parts of me out right now. So what I'm going to do is, I left, let's call it, the career path that I was on. um, With the, you know, let's call it a full-time employment thing, right? Uh, With all of that, right? And I took a one-year contract in something. So now we were all... The treadmills, like, you know, we weren't. So I said, okay, I can't, I wasn't the, the whole safety net, yeah. right? Yeah. So I said, okay, all parts of me can agree we could take this step. So now I was in just a one year cottage journey and that was going to end, but we did a year. Okay. And that helped me, right? Right. And that, so I realized I needed a path. Yeah. And to go it. Yeah, from yeah, A yeah. to B to mm-hmm. C. And now the rest is history. But I did take, I decided, I think everyone will know. What are the steps that are right for them? And the second thing I did, right, because everybody has, you know, the question of we have to be practical, like you have to pay the bills, you have to meet the needs, you have to do whatever you have to do, right? So I changed my whole mindset while I said, okay, this is my path and this is now my sense of what my soul work is and what I want to do, which is my teaching and in this area and my mentoring in this area, right, is, is my path in life. Uh, once I understood that, which took ages, by the way, to even acknowledge that and to know that people would be looking at me now going, you really didn't know that? I'd be going, yeah. not a coup, right? I mean, like
0: day one and I, I, I met mean, you. <laughs> it's just what we don't
1: see, right? Which is why we need groups and yeah. why we need each other and why we yeah. need coaches and all of that, right? Um, once I knew that, then I said, yeah, but I still have to be, you know, I, I, I have to pay my bills, Do you know what I'm saying, while I'm building it. So I was able to change my whole perspective on the thing I did that was now my zone of excellence. Not my zone of genius, again, using uh, Guy Hendricks terms here. Mm. Uh, and I called it cash flow. I said, OK, your cash flow. All oh, my energy around it changed. So I was no longer stuck. I was, to it. A, I was attached to it. Yeah. I didn't have this attachment to the ego, to the self-worth components of that world, which was, you know, all that glitters is gold and was you know, highly publicized and was you know, deemed to be a very high achievement. Of the game, oh, yeah, absolutely. It yeah. would look like that. Yeah. So, but once I knew I did not have to scarcity thinking and once I knew uh, that I now had unpacked any self-worth components that were attached that were all sorted, all the triggers were sorted, I'd done all that work. I then could move with these to calling a cash up. Mm-hmm. And I know my whole perspective on it changed. I no longer felt stuck at all in it. Mm-hmm. At all. Mm-hmm. While I was transitioning up, Fair going nice. to the edge and moving over the edge. This was a part of my process. I changed my whole lens on it and started calling it cash-up. Amazing and how just, the perspective changed. Yeah, but
0: then just listening to that Leon. and I didn't speak about this, so I, I, excuse me if I've caught you off guard now, but it, is, it, is part of it as well taking control? Because you took control of that situation. Therefore, there was a safety net. It wasn't like you just, well, you didn't, you, you took careful control of, Something you knew that was not right for you. So like in this scenario where this person's asking the question, they're feeling stuck. Do they take careful control of a step process? Or, you know, take it, it kind of is about taking back control of their self, them themselves, their wants, their needs, their you know, because needs and wants are everything. Like they're not just personal. Um, they're, you know, they they have tangible value as well. Like financial uh, you know I can edit this out but just do you know what I mean there's a bit part of control there and I'm asking you off the cuff because it's something that I'm recognizing in myself like I have to have control of a situation and if I feel out of control the voice can happen sometimes so I need to take back the control do you know what I
1: mean I think basically Just the way my mind works is I like to have a plan.
0: Yes. yeah. Right.
1: So I'd call it a plan. Yeah. But I had to know I had the right plan because I used to have lots of plans, but they were on the particular path I was on. Mm -hmm. So once I got this one structured and understood it, yes, I do believe we can have a plan. Yes. Where we step ourselves towards where we want to go. Right. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how long that takes because now we know we're in motion towards the plan. Right. And you don't feel as stuck even if it's teeny steps. Yeah. And like it could take a quite a period of time to get for me to be. The sense of having motion, forward motion, uh, really, you feel unstuck. Yeah. Straight yeah. away. So baby steps is all we need baby in the step. right direction.
0: And even in the plan, I think, you well, taking back the control, making the plan, even <laughs> writing out the plan, the abundance, you know, all these manifestation tools, um, writing what you want from your life if you're feeling stuck, you know, that, that's a part of growth. That is partly growing because you're actually taking the step exactly. to move forward.
1: Because yeah. you need a lot of self-awareness to even, you know, the process to go, why am I feeling stuck? It starts with the self-awareness, mm-hmm. right? And I think you spend a bit of time there really understanding that and you iterate that. And then once you've unpacked that, then you start to see clearly, ah, this is where I want to go. This is what I actually want to do with my one precious life. right and therefore the other things can now fit in in a different way so even if it is the same job right but i've identified ah this is its role in my life it's cash flow or it's whatever right and it's facilitated me doing these other things in my life and by the way i'm going to take baby steps at the same time over in this direction the whole energy around it changes the triggers around it change the perspective around it changes Right. So I do think you have a plan. So I call it kind of with three steps, you know, you reframe it, Mm -hmm. you know. And in the reframing, it's what we just talked about. Because we're really going into the, well, why am I actually stuck, though? We've got to reframe that because we might think we're stuck because of something to do with the job or whatever or to do with the family situation or to do with the whatever, right? So you need to step back and go, but what is actually underneath that? Why am I feeling unstuck? What's the root of that? Is it fair? Or is yeah. it... And what, yeah, yeah. what is it, right? Sure. And what does unstuck look like? What would an unstuck mean look like? So that's the reframing, right? And and it's like the cash flow and the f- new perspectives and all those things come in that place, right? So, um, like, because an awful lot of what the unstuck is trying to show us, the stuck to unstuck is a lesson. It's trying to tell us something. That feeling of stuck is, is our inner voice trying to tell us something, right? So spending time listening to that is really valuable. If you're even getting it, you're already in a place of awareness because you're aware that you feel stuck. That's already, step one. Mm. You have awareness. So whoever asked this question to us has awareness already, right? Yeah. Once that's done, then there's paths, right? It could be, you know, there's something I really want to reimagine for me in my life, right? And that's the the, mani- light, the, the manifestation. Others, yeah. yeah, we get into the, you know, what would I like to manifest for myself? Tiny, it doesn't say anything um, huge, but yeah. I'm just saying, what is it that I would like to manifest for myself that being stuck was not enabling me to do? Yeah. It could be a small thing, it could be a big thing, that's fine. And look, that's a huge
0: one because I think, look, we spoke about this again earlier, but 95% of the population never fulfill their life's purpose or feel like they don't know what it is, that that's their, their superhero trait or whatever it is that they need to lean into. And then they go on and do jobs where they feel this way stuck or unfulfilled or, yeah, just unheard, unseen. And I think that that's so important to spend time with yourself and actually figure out what that is. What is your purpose on this planet? What is your superpower? What do you need to lean into more? I think that's supercharging your outcome in life. If you can lean into that, be self-aware that you want to figure that out. And it's a long process, isn't it? It takes a mm-hmm. while because sometimes you test things, it doesn't work and try things and it mightn't be that, but it always comes back to you, the inner voice saying, no, you're not there yet, but keep going, keep going, you're nearly there, you're getting there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's that reframe it, reimagine it, and then there is the changes. Like we do have to take action. Mm-hmm. The right? action is that it, it has to take work. action, yeah. right? So, and you will reach that point where it's act or, or don't act, Right. Uh, but but that is a choice for giving. And remember in that action, sometimes the action is the change in perspective now. That is the action that I did the work to change my perspective and now I don't feel stuck. Or the action could be I'm taking a baby step in a direction that will take me over here. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the action, you know, is all of that, right? Because we definitely have to show intent. We have to do something about it. Right. That's Number one. So it changes, that, that's right? taking back control of your life, basically. yes, Exactly. And look, that takes courage. You know, that takes trust. In certainly my experience, it takes a lot of mindfulness, you know, for that self-awareness. You know, and, and I would certainly say meditation was a big path for me there. As, you know, whatever your path is. I also think along the journey, having a lot of self-compassion. So build the skill of self-compassion. Yeah. Because uh, you're
0: going to get the voice. No matter what happens in your life, no matter what you try and do, especially in, you know, new projects that you're trying or, you know, leading into really, you know, stuff that you love doing the most, you are always going to have the inner voice telling you that you cannot do this and what are you thinking and, and how dare you, like, get back to the 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 big paid job that you hate because it pays the bills. There's always going to be the inner voice and you have to believe that there's a bigger Absolutely. There's something bigger going on, do you know, because yeah. the voice does, you have an argument with that voice all the time and it's between the the inner critic telling you you can't and then it's between the voice when you're stuck telling you there's more and you have to lean into the more.
1: You do. You, you have, have to, to lean in and more. give it space, you know. So I think, you know, I was saying I read this, Sharon, I just thought this was nice for ending podcast day. Before you say about that book, there was a book that you mentioned a few times, The Big Leap by... Uh, Guy Hendricks. Hendricks, yeah. the brilliant book. Very good book. And then if you're interested, there's another good book, which is uh, If the Butter Got Stuck by Charlotte Cow. It's just a nice little reading for specifically about feeling stuck. And then a lovely quote to end our podcast on today, which is, it's from Oliver Wendell Holmes. And it says, most of us go to our graves with our music still inside us. So let let your music out. You only live once. Oh God. That comes in our motion, So we want
0: everyone to let their music out. What a
1: beautiful, beautiful podcast.
0: More questions, please. Oh God, now that really, really struck a chord with me. Most of us go to our graves with our music still inside us and having personal experience of people gone too soon in life. Please do not make that you. If you have a question, please, please contact us at questions at skinandblisters.com. We would love to answer or have a chat in regards to any life or business questions that you may have. Um, Please press subscribe and please share with friends of yours. We'd love uh, to hear your comments as well. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, we are shedding skin and blisters.